Hey everybody, welcome to episode 235 of the Running Rogue podcast. This is Chris coming to you from Austin, Texas on a cloudy day here. I hope it is sunnier where you are, but either way, we're still having a good day. And today I'm excited about my topic. I've got a short and sweet episode for you today because I want to make sure that you view this topic as very simple because that's the way I view it. There are no shortcuts. There are no hacks. It's just there are four simple ways to improve your running form and efficiency within the context of how your body moves. And so I'm going to give you those four quick hit items today, things that you can put to work right away, but will take time to see results because that's the way it works in this running game is you have to invest small actions consistently in order to get the results that you want over time. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to jump straight into it. As I said, it'll be a short and sweet, quick hit episode today because I want you to digest this in a very simple format and not overcomplicate things. So we'll get to those four things in just a second, but I want to talk about the importance of running form. Obviously, it's important because we know that intuitively. And in fact, oftentimes when I get a new runner in my group here in Austin, that is one of the first questions they'll ask me is, can you watch my running form and see how I can be better? And while as a coach, there are certainly cues that I've noticed and can observe from the years, the reality is my untrained eye can't pick up inefficiencies in your form and really only the most sensitive of equipment properly utilized can really help us pick up changes in our running form or inefficiencies in our running form. And so as a coach, it's impossible essentially for me to answer that question. Again, I can observe little things, I can give you cues, but ultimately what you have to do, as with anyone, is put in the work around these four things because these four things will not only help you improve your running form and efficiency over time, but they will also give you more staying power within the run. So there's there's really two vectors you're working on. You're working on the the long-term efficiency of being more efficient in a year than you are today. But then there's also the in-run efficiency that's important because one of the problems we have, especially as endurance athletes, for those that are doing any distance run, 5K and beyond really, is that your form starts to break down at the end of these runs because when you get tired, typically things start to fall apart and your form will break down. And what we want to be able to do is improve that form and efficiency and that staying power throughout a run, throughout a run and ultimately throughout a race. So we're working both on the long-term trajectory as well as the in-run trajectory so that you can maintain solid form and efficiency throughout a long race and still be strong and efficient at the end when it matters most, when it's time to kick to the finish. So how do we do that? Well, there are many methods, pose being one of them, and others that 
presume to be able to tell you how to improve your running form with some sort of magic formula and and or there are also people that believe that running in a certain way if you mimic a certain model of running form then that's the most efficient way to be a runner and personally as a coach I haven't really seen that work from my experience as a coach really it's all about helping you become more efficient in how your body works so you're not trying to mimic anyone else you're simply trying to be more efficient within how your body works and that for some is going to look very different than others if you go watch any race or particularly any professional race you'll see that the running form of all of those top athletes are going to look all very different some even sometimes even the best and fastest runners have what you might describe as ugly, quote-unquote ugly running form. Paula Radcliffe, former world record holder in the marathon, had really hideous running form, and yet she held the world record for an extremely long period of time. And so again, it's really about how your body works, trying to be more efficient within the context of that and not trying to mimic, mimic someone else or follow some magic method that someone is trying to sell you. And so I'm going to give you four simple things that you can do to become more efficient within the context of how your body works over time and within each run. And so what do you do? And again, these are all long-term plays, so they should be applied consistently over the long-term to become more efficient over the long-term. The first one, then the most simple, the easiest to do, and that's simply to run more to run more. Run more than what your current starting point is. So regardless of where you are in your running journey, whether you're barely into it and just trying to build up to that first 5K or you're extremely experienced and looking to find a little bit more edge, and certainly there is a limitation upon which you, know, you can actually get benefit by running more. But the general principle here is run more, run more mileage, more consistently than you ever have before. Most of that mileage should be done in easy efforts. So simply run more. The body will find a way to be more efficient when you run more. I can tell you as a runner myself, when I first got into it, came from a soccer background, as many of you know. And when I first got into it and started running distances, I was inefficient. And at the time, I didn't really know what that inefficiency was like. But I, I learned it pretty quickly because a friend of mine who helped get me into running, he and I would run together often. And so at one point in our journey together, as I was getting into running, I noticed that his stride was much quicker than mine. He had much quicker turnover, whereas I tended to have a slow, sort of plodding, more power-oriented stride, which wouldn't be efficient for the long distances. And, and there wasn't really anything at the time that I thought I needed to do about that, but I just noticed the difference. But I can tell you, over time, as I began to run more, and as I actually began running more with him, 
my stride eventually synced up with his to the point where we had very similar cadence. Now, was it about me matching him? I don't think so. I think for me, it was simply about me running more. And when you run more, your body finds the path of least resistance and becomes more efficient naturally without you having to think about it. You know, the actual movement patterns within running are very subconscious. You're not necessarily thinking about all the different steps in the process as you execute a foot stride. You're not thinking about lifting your foot off the ground. You're not thinking about pulling your heel back. You're not thinking about necessarily driving your knee through. You're not thinking about the piece parts because if you did, that would be overwhelming. There's too much happening all at once. And so it's a subconscious movement. And so you have to change that subconscious movement. And the only way, one of the only ways to change that subconscious movement is to continue to run more. It allows your body to program your neuromuscular patterns in a way that becomes more efficient with simply more work, more patterning. So run more, build from your current starting point, add to it over time. Now, of course, you can't do that all at once. You have to do it in a smart way. You have to do it gradually so that you can stay consistent. So oftentimes, I don't recommend within a given training block by building more than 20% in terms of total peak weekly mileage than you have done in a previous cycle. So you don't want to build by more than 20% from a previous cycle. And then as you build two peaks within a cycle, typically you don't want to build by more than two or three, perhaps four miles a week. So you want to keep those builds manageable within a cycle and then across cycles so that your body can adapt to that work, stay healthy and consistent, and then therefore Take advantage of that patterning that happens, that efficiency that happens by simply moving through those steps countless times on runs. So number one is simple. Run more. And over time, you want to keep building as much as you can in order to continue to to find efficiency. And I think that that efficiency is there to be gained over a period of many, many years. How long? I'm not sure. I know that our aerobic system can build potentially for up to two decades, and I'm not prepared that our form and efficiency can necessarily improve for that long, but it can at least continue to be maintained and reinforced. So it will happen over a period of years, but again, you have to consistently run more than you ever have before, which A nice side effect of that is a simultaneously building aerobic system. So you're getting both things by running more. You're not only getting the aerobic work, but you're getting that neuromuscular patterning that's going to make you a more efficient runner within the context of how your body works. So number one, run more. Number two, strides. Number two, strides. This one, the analogy I like to use with strides is that strides are like allergy shots. Bear with me on this one, but strides are like allergy shots. They're little inoculations of speed. If taken every week consistently over a period of years, you will become faster and more efficient over time by continually executing one to max two stride sessions a week. One to two stride sessions a week consistently while also running more. 
Because just like an allergy shot, one shot doesn't do you any good. But if you keep taking those shots consistently over a period of years, then eventually you build up that immunity. And with strides, it's like that. They're just little doses of speed that won't make a difference with one session, even two sessions, even a year of sessions. But if you continue to execute strides consistently over many years, then you will see a difference in your form, efficiency, and ultimately your speed, your top-end speed. So what does that mean? I want, I want you to execute one session of strides a week, pretty much every week of the year. There is never a time when you don't need strides. Now, certainly after a big race, or maybe if you're on vacation, you don't necessarily have to do them, although I will say they are a perfect recovery modality. They're also a perfect mini workout on a vacation, but with the exception of vacation and immediately recovering post-race, there is a place for strides in your training program every single week, at least one session. I like to do it on your medium long run day after the medium long run, but I think it also fits potentially after a recovery run during the week. One session is a minimum, but you can get benefit from up to two sessions without overdoing it, assuming you're managing the strides the right way. So what do we do with strides? What do we do with strides? How do we execute them? Strides are short, controlled sprints. Strides are short, controlled sprints. And so what you're going to do is find a 80 to 100 meter flat section of road or track. Personally, I do it right outside my, my house, right on my street. So 80 to 100 meters uh, section of road or track. You're going to do these one direction and walk back, executing four to six strides per session where you're going to think about the stride section in thirds. So you're gonna build your speed for a third, you're gonna hold your speed for a third, building to 85 to 90% of peak speed, and then you're going to let off the gas and cruise, not break, but cruise for the final third section of that stride. So build for each third, build for a third, hold for a third, cruise for the final third, so that you're only holding that peak speed of 85 to 90% of your max velocity for that middle third and then letting off the gas. So again, it's a short controlled sprint and I like to build into these. So my first stride is gonna be slower than my last stride. You will walk back to the start and repeat. Walk back to the start for full recovery and repeat. It's that simple, four to six of those. And you might ask yourself, well, how do I know how many? Well, first of all, if you're starting out, start with fewer and build by one, maybe every other week. Secondly, once you get up to being able to do six strides in one session comfortably, then I would let your body dictate how many you do. So sometimes when I'm particularly fatigued after a run or just not feeling it or the mojo is not there, I do four of them and I think, man, that's good. If I try to push to two more, that'll be pressing it. But sometimes I feel good after four and I hit five and then I ask myself, how do I feel now? And if I feel still feel good, I hit six. If not, I may stop at five. But you give yourself that flexibility 
to change the number each week depending on how your body feels. So think about it that way. And I would also say if you're struggling, if you're new to strides and you might be struggling with them, you can always shorten the distance. You can always shorten the distance. So instead of doing an 80 to 100 meter stride, start with 40 to 60 meters. Whatever is manageable for you and then gradually lengthen that over time. But you're executing the stride in thirds. You're walking back to the start. That's a critical step for full recovery. And you're repeating. Do this one session a week after a run. Typically, I like doing it on medium long run days, but you could also do it at the end of a recovery day. Don't do it unless it's built into the workout. Don't do it on workout days. Don't do it on long run days unless it's built into the workout by your coach. So that's it. Simple. Excuse strides every single week of the year, except for vacation, except for immediately post-race. Other than that, strides are non-negotiable if you want to continue to improve your speed and efficiency over time. So that's number two. And I would argue that these first two that I just mentioned are the most important. Number three, drills. Number three, running drills. What are running drills? Running drills are these things you probably did as a kid, maybe in, in PE class, where you're doing high knees and butt flicks and skipping and side to side and things like that. A simple routine of drills done every week, once a week, can also be powerful. Because drills are essentially a way to improve the efficiency of your athletic movements. So when I think about running drills, I think about them as ways to break up the running stride into their component parts. So if you think about the drill high knees, that's a drill that's intended to work specifically on your knee lift and knee drive, that one part of the stride. If you think about the drill butt flicks, well, that's specifically designed to work that butt, the heel to butt portion, the follow through, so to speak, of the stride and work on that heel kick at the end of a stride. And incidentally, when when I see really fast and efficient runners, oftentimes this is counterintuitive, but their their butt kick, their heel kick at the end of the stride is much closer to their butt than most people. That's a sign to me of someone who has a really efficient form because once you get that that heel up underneath the butt, then it's actually easier and gravity does more work for you when you put it straight back down onto the ground, which is a bit counterintuitive, but I promise you it's true. If I think about... Another drill that we call B-skips or skipping with paw backs, that is a drill where you're working on extending, using that hamstring to extend the leg and dorsiflex the toe up as you work down towards the foot strike. And so these drills, they're all just taking small athletic movements encompassed within each stride and helping you by isolating these small movements, helping you become more efficient at each of them. And if you're struggling with drills or a particular drill, then that's a sign of inefficiency that you don't necessarily notice in the context of of your stride, but is definitely there and showing up in some way, perhaps 
in a way that's subconscious to you. So drills will help us naturally by doing them again once a week, improve our form and efficiency by breaking up the small movements of a stride and helping you become more efficient, more efficient at the component parts. I will give you my list of drills that I do with the group I coach here in Austin so that you can have a routine, but I recommend executing these drills as a dynamic warm-up tool prior to your quality workout during the week. So if you're doing one set of drills a week, then do them after a warm-up, but prior to your quality workout, because then it can serve two functions. It can serve as a form and efficiency tool, just like we're talking about, but it can also serve as a dynamic warm-up in the context of your quality workout so that you're really ready to go execute well for your quality workout. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of drills that you can do. Every coach is going to have their preference. And so if you have a set that you're already latched onto for whatever reason, I wouldn't necessarily recommend changing it, but I'll give you the set of drills that I like that I've honed and sort of codified for the groups that I coach, you can check that out in the show notes and then execute that on your own. But again, these are perfectly placed after your warm up prior to a speed workout during the week. And really, you only need them once a week, but they have a place every single week of the year. Again, with the exception of vacation and perhaps for that post race recovery where you don't necessarily have to do them. But otherwise, just like strides, every single week of the year execute at least one set of them and it will not make a difference after one session or two but if you add them up over a period of years it will make a difference so that's number three drills so again one run more two strides three drills four strength and mobility four strength and mobility This one's a little bit trickier because it's the answer for you in terms of what strength elements are going to be important is going to depend on how your body works, but it's important to incorporate some sort of strength and mobility work into your routine to work on your specific form and efficiency issues. There are some that we can generalize. Most runners, for example, have issues with glute activation, and so any strength work or mobility work that will help get that glute activated or those glutes activated will likely be something that would be beneficial to all of us. And so that's sort of a no brainer. But beyond that, you sort of have to figure out what are the individual strength elements that I really need to work on to help improve the form and efficiency issues that I might specifically have. For me, I can tell you that ankle mobility is a big challenge for me because I had some sprained ankles growing up that weren't properly treated or uh, that didn't have proper proper, uh, therapy associated with them. And so I have some specific ankle mobility exercises that I have to execute weekly in order to keep my ankles working properly. And sometimes I have to amp those up a little bit more when I have issues and I kind of know when those ankles get jammed up. And other times I just have to execute them on my typical routine and that is enough. But you need to figure out what are the specific strength and mobility elements 
that are your weak spots in your running form and then actively work on exercises to improve that area. And again, this is probably something that you're going to have to do consistently all the time. One to two sessions of whatever work every single week executed consistently will help you improve that form and efficiency. For me, as I said, it's ankle mobility. I have to do that work every single week in order to stay healthy. For you, it may be something different. This is where I want to recommend the amazing book by Jay Dishery called Running Rewired, where he actually can give you in that book some strength and mobility tests that you can do to figure out where your specific weak spots might be. And then he gives you exercises and protocols to help address those specific weak spots. And so you can really get a paint by numbers approach to what your issues might be and how to address them. Or alternatively, you may also look at it this way and say, okay, what are the issues I commonly have when running injuries pop up? What do those look like? And you may have worked with providers to help you work through those issues, but likely embedded within some of that injury recovery work is a set of things that you need to continue to do even after that injury is gone because that's going to help you keep that injury at bay. And so that's another place to look when you're looking for these little elements to include in your strength and mobility routine. Also, of course, there's to me the sort of no-brainer stuff of basic of basic leg strength work, squats, deadlifts, and lunges are to me three no-brainer strength exercises for runners that can be helpful to you to improve that running form and efficiency over time. So the fourth thing, a little bit more complex to figure out for you specifically, but it is strength. And strength has a place done consistently week in and week out, one to two sessions at least a week done consistently will help you improve that form and efficiency over time. And one thing I want to emphasize with strength, because I know people struggle working this, working this in is that it's really about what can you do consistently? Start there, start with the smallest set of activities that you can do consistently, embed that into your routine. And then once that's embedded, then add from there. And it might be two exercises and you might start that small two simple exercises that you do after your runs during the week a couple of times it might start that small start and if that's what you need to do start that small and then once that's embedded then expand from there in small increments so that you can keep it manageable that's the way to me to build a sustainable routine So that's number four, strength and mobility. Work on those weaknesses that are specific to you. And that's it. It's that simple. Four things. Run more. Do strides weekly. Do drills weekly. Execute the strength and mobility work consistently that your body needs. If you can do those four things, you will improve your form and efficiency and ultimately your speed and your times over time. It's, to me, that simple. It's not more complicated than that. But of course, it's not easy (laughs) to do those simple things. And so give yourself some grace in embedding them into your routine. And if you're not doing all four, that's okay. I would start with one thing. 
or two things. Start really small, add that in, get consistent with it, and then expand from there because no matter what, any combination of this work is going to help you be a more efficient runner. That's it. That's my episode for today. Four things to improve your running form without any magic formulas, just simple work done consistently. So we will wrap it here. This episode is done. That's episode 235. As always, you can check us out at roguerunning.com or follow us on Twitter or Instagram at roguerunning. Until next time, we'll talk to you then.